Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoy this episode. If you're interested in more combat, sports, news, analysis, and discussions, stay tuned because it's only going to get better from here. And if you know anybody, friends, family, loved ones, whatever, anybody that's interested in combat sports, make sure you let them know about Zendependently Minded because it's only the best combat sports podcast out there. So on this episode of Zendependently Minded, I wanted to just talk about a couple things. Um, The main topics are just going to be top fights, at least my personal top picks for top fights, recent fights really, to rewatch during quarantine because the coronavirus is affecting everybody. And um, if if you're as big of a fan as me or maybe even bigger, I know for me, I've really wanted, I have a a big want and a thirst for combat sports. So I've been rewatching a lot of fights and just wanted to make a list for of fights that are some of my favorites to rewatch and some that maybe you guys will enjoy rewatching too. And then the second topic I wanted to talk about later on in the podcast is actually the news on UFC 249 that is broke today. So stay tuned and make sure you listen to the whole podcast. So first off, obviously I'm going to start with just a quite a few fights. It's it's not all the good fights. It's not all my favorite fights. Just fights that I think fans should rewatch because they're worth rewatching. Um, and they're just kind of off the top of my head, kind of I've been thinking about the past couple days and I made notes. So first one I'm going to make, first one I'm going to talk about is Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum for the middleweight interim belt. And that was last year, I believe at UFC 236. So this, I believe one fight of the year um, for 2019. It was my pick for fight of the year. It was one of the best fights I've ever seen. Um, it, it just included a lot of heart, a lot of really good striking, and it just kind of really saw a star. A star was born that night in Israel Adesanya. There was a lot of heart, of course, by Kelvin Gastelum, but he got knocked down multiple times. He was so close to getting finished, and he just he showed a lot of toughness and a lot of heart and promise um, just for his future in the UFC. Um, he did lose to Darren Till recently, but that's another topic for discussion. But Izzy versus Gastelum, that was one of the best fights I've ever seen, and it's definitely worth rewatching more than once, but since we're being quarantined and most people are probably out of work, rewatch that fight. It's worth watching. So my next fight I wanted to come through, I'm just going to speed through these pretty fast because I have about 10 of them, 10 or 11, uh, Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez. So this is, in my opinion, one of the, my, my most unbiased opinion I could possibly put forward is it's one of the best, single best, MMA performances I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, Conor McGregor was able to defeat Eddie Alvarez back in 2016 to become the first simultaneous champ champ in the history of the UFC. It was a big accomplishment, first one to ever do it. Um, there's multiple people who have, there's a couple people who have done it now uh, that even defend their belts, but for his time and just being the first person to ever pull that off in the UFC history was it was a big deal and. Eddie Alvarez is a wrestler, um, except he didn't really try to utilize his wrestling. I don't know the reasoning behind it. I guess we'll never know. He attempted a couple takedowns, but Connor was able to get the underhooks pretty early on, and Eddie just tried to stand up with him. And there are very few people in this world that can stand up with Connor when it comes to being in the octagon. He's just too good of a kickboxer. Um, his left hand is lightning fast, but it also hits like a thousand bricks at the same time. So it was definitely 
uh, a highlight in UFC history, and it was a highlight in Conor McGregor's career, and hopefully he's able to revive his career and keep going on and keep doing great things and keep cementing his legacy in combat sports history. The next fight I wanted to talk about is actually another Conor McGregor fight, but it's Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz 2. So this fight was another kind of roller coaster bout. It wasn't a complete domination um, from Conor or Nate Diaz. It was a back and forth battle, um, a bloody battle, and it was very iconic. And definitely we need to see a trilogy. Well, I kind of, I really wanted to see a trilogy before, but I think Nate Diaz's time in the sport is done. Um, he had a good win over Anthony Pettis, but when he fought Jorge Masvidal, he just looked slow. He looked, he's probably taken too many beatings to the face and to the head, and he's probably got a lot of brain damage. So for him and his health uh, and just future for him and his family, I would like to see him retire. But Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz too, it was one of the most exciting fights I've seen in a long time, um, especially for people who wanted to see how Conor would react to his first loss in the UFC. And we saw a lot of promising adaptations and evolution from Conor as a martial artist. And from a martial artist standpoint, he was able to manage the distance better. Of course, Nate Diaz has a much longer reach than him. He's long, he's taller than him. He's naturally heavier than him. And he was able to, he saw in the first fight that Nate Diaz was coming forward too much and Conor just implemented a game plan of leg kicking. And then it kind of changed how much Nate Diaz was going to be pushing forward. And Conor McGregor landed, I think, three knockdowns in the fight. So he was dominating the fight, but he did get tired. And then Nate Diaz was starting to tee off. Conor got a second wind, and then Nate landed that takedown at the end of the fight. But Conor definitely won the fight. I Sometimes I see some weird, weird threads of people saying that um, it was a robbery, but I mean, Connor knocked him down three times. So, and Nate didn't, Nate didn't do anything besides the one takedown at the end of the round. So, but that's one of the greatest fights I've ever seen for sure. And it's definitely worth rewatching without a doubt. So the next fight I wanted to bring up was, it's kind of a broad one, but just, if you want to see exciting fights, watch any Tony Ferguson fights from the past three or four years. Um, one fight that I really enjoyed watching, uh, just to kind of if, if there's anybody you're trying to introduce Tony Ferguson to show him Tony Ferguson versus Lando Venata or Tony versus Kevin Lee or Tony versus Anthony Pettis to just really show how good at getting out of tough situations Tony Ferguson is um the main thing was with when he fought Lando Venata he was so close to getting finished and he was able to survive that overcome it and then eventually submit Lando who was undefeated and one of the biggest and hottest prospects um, for the future of the UFC at that time. So there are a few Tony Ferguson fights, but if you if you want to watch fights, um, download the UFC app and then just um, you make an account. You're able to watch all the full fights, I think, unless you have to have Fight Pass. But either way, it's worth it. If you're a big martial arts fan, um, it's a good place to start for sure. The next fight I wanted to bring up was George St. Pierre versus Josh Koscheck. So this, in my opinion, is... Um, one of the toughest challenges that GSP faced and being that GSP is the greatest of all time in my opinion this is just a fight I can rewatch time and time again because it just it just shows how how good GSP was able to implement a game plan I think he's the greatest at having a game plan sticking to the game plan and if he ever has to deviate he does it in the safest smartest way possible and 
Josh Koscheck was a great fighter, but he was just not able to get through GSP. GSP was able to use the jab um, better than anybody that I've seen in recent memory, and he was able to beat Josh Koscheck. And that's just another. All of GSP's fights are great fights to watch. If you're a true martial artist fan, you appreciate his wrestling skills and his evolution as a striker, and just why he's the greatest of all time. The next fight I wanted to bring up and recommend that people watch is Anderson Silva versus Vitor Belfort. This is possibly possibly has one of the most iconic moments in MMA history. Um, that moment when Anderson Silva was able to front kick, knock out Vitor Belfort. Um, everybody started to front kick after <laughs> after Anderson Silva, and it was just while Anderson Silva was just supreme. Everybody knew his name. Everybody knew what he could do and his striking skills were just on another level and still one of the greatest strikers in UFC history. I'm not sure if he's going to keep fighting. I heard a few people from a few different sources talking about how he still wants to fight. So we'll see how that goes. But Anderson Silva has peak. Um, PEDs are not still one of the smartest and best strikers in UFC history. So the next fight I wanted to talk about was is Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. So this is one of my favorite fights of all time um, because it's just, I love seeing wrestling, of course. I love seeing jiu-jitsu. I love seeing every aspect of an MMA fight, but I do definitely love to see a good brawl, and that's what Poirier and Gaethje's bout was. Um, it, it really, it really is, it really was a back-and-forth battle. They both rocked each other a few times. They're landing a lot of flush shots. But really, Dustin Poirier's endurance and his ability to push through and overcome an eye poke, and then same with Gaethje overcoming an eye poke, was able to, in the fourth round, knock Justin Gaethje out. And that kind of put Justin Gaethje on roller skates for a little bit because that was his second fight in a row after being undefeated um, and knocking out everybody in his path. And then he lost to Eddie Alvarez, and then next fight he loses to Dustin Poirier. But like I've said in the past, I give respect to all fighters. Um, it's just being a not Justin Gaethje fan, it's kind of satisfying to see him get rocked. And it's 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 exciting to see anybody get rocked in a fight. It's just it's part of the sport. It's part of the it's part of our instincts and our nature to just kind of get the adrenaline pumping, and that's why I get always nervous butterflies when I watch these fights. But Gaethje Poirier, definitely a fight to rewatch. The next fight I wanted to bring up was Justin Gaethje again, he's on this list. It's Justin Gaethje and Michael Johnson. So this is another fight where you always love seeing someone make a comeback. In in any sports, comebacks are exciting. Basketball, football, baseball, and especially in boxing and MMA. So Justin Gaethje was definitely down. He got rocked many times, very close to getting finished when he was fighting Michael Johnson. And Michael Johnson is a he's a shifty striker. He's fought he's fought and he's beat some good guys, some top contender guys. Um, he's been able to beat him. He just is kind of a journeyman, but he's a long guy. He's very lanky. He should be fighting in the welterweight division, but anyways, it was just a back and forth battle, and eventually Gaethje was able to knock out Michael Johnson, but there's a very, very, very famous shot of Gaethje swinging and missing, and then Michael Johnson landing a very a perfect, picture-perfect shot, a, a straight right on his chin, and Gaethje got rocked, but he's a tough guy. He he is as durable as anybody out there in the lightweight division, and he's definitely the dark horse in that division. So 
Gaethje and Michael Johnson, definitely a fight to rewatch. So the next fight, it's actually two fights, but um, Max Holloway actually has three, technically four fights on this list, but Max Holloway, whenever he fought Jose Aldo, both times. Um, there's not really much to say about Max Holloway that hasn't been said before. He's the greatest featherweight of all time, one of the greatest fighters of all time. He's only 27 or 28, and he's been able to do so much in the featherweight division, and it's going to be exciting to see if he's able to rematch with Volkanovski. Um, whatever is next for him, I'm definitely going to support him. He's one of my favorite fighters, and just to see him uh, be able to dismantle and just dominate uh, who many consider the former or best featherweight of all time, someone who was undefeated for eight or nine years before Conor knocked him out. It was just a great statement for Max Holloway, and it, he reigned supreme for a very long time until Wolkanovski beat him. Well, the next fight is Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier too. So this is another brawl. This is another all-out war that I saw live. It was actually the main event in UFC 236. So we got um, Israel Adesanya and Kelvin Gastelum. Then the fight after that, we got another five-round war with Holloway and Poirier. And this was just, this is what set up the the unification bout with Khabib. Um, I think I think that Max Holloway wouldn't have done a he wouldn't have had a good chance against Khabib either because, I mean, let's face it, Max Holloway is a striker. Khabib is a, a straight-up wrestler, a brawler. No one's been able to stop his takedowns, except for Gleason when Gleason was on the juice. Well, that's also a topic for another discussion, but just seeing Dustin Poirier able to match and then eventually outbox and outmaneuver and outpace one of the fastest-paced fighters in the UFC it was very impressive, and I was very happy for him. It was a big win for him. He became champion that night. The, a lot of people don't respect the interim belt, but if you, if you get the interim belt, you're a champion in the UFC, in my opinion, and that's how they label it. So one of the best fights I've ever seen. Definitely one of the best fights in recent years, and it's definitely worth rewatching. The next fight I wanted to talk about was Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega. So this is just another instance of Max Holloway just doing amazing things as a young fighter. Um, he was fighting Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega, well, I was trying to, obviously the featherweight belt was on the line. This was the end of 2018, I believe, in December of 2018. But Brian Ortega is undefeated. He's running through everybody as a young, powerful, just great all-around fighter. And it was a very hyped-up fight. And it, and it was a good fight. It was a back-and-forth battle for a while. But Max Holloway just kept pouring it on and pouring it on. And then I believe, I believe Max, I believe they ended it via doctor stoppage because Ortega was taking too much of a beating and Max was just pouring it on because that's what Max does. And just a great overall fight. Um, it's the epitome of Max Holloway's career and I, I recommend it to everybody. So coming down to the last two fights, um, the second to last fight, I rewatched and I think people should rewatch is Dominic Cruz and TJ Dillashaw. So in my opinion, TJ Dillashaw is the greatest bantamweight of all time. I think he can be anybody on any given day um, when he's in his prime. It's still up in the air if he's going to fight again. I do love his commentating. Um, he breaks down fights in a very, very smart and high, highly intelligent way when it comes to fight IQ. And just those two fighting was... Just the peak of the Bantamweight division, in my opinion. Bantamweight division isn't so exciting these days. Um, 
but Dominic Cruz is one of the most exciting fighters out there. He's one of the smartest fighters out there. He's got some of the best striking in MMA history, and TJ Dillashaw has always been a killer. Um, he has got some controversy, of course. He's being he's suspended for a few years because of, or a couple years because of EPO use, but nonetheless, he's a great cage fighter, and it's it sucks to see that taint his legacy. I wish he didn't do that, but Dominic Cruz and TJ Dillashaw, definitely a fight to rewatch. And the last one is kind of broad, but anybody, super fan, hardcore fan, casual fan, anybody who's getting into the sport, watch Mighty Mouse. <laughs> watch Mighty Mouse fight anybody. Mighty Mouse is the epitome of a martial artist. He he has 10 out of 10 striking, 10 out of 10 grappling, 10 out of 10 submissions. He's one of the greatest martial artists of all time, and it sucks that he didn't get the attention and the praise that he deserved because he's able to do it all for a very long time. And the flyweight division was kind of uh, not a lot of people tuned in to watch the flyweight division because he had cleaned out that division and beat everybody and dominated everybody. And there's just nobody who could really touch him until Henry Cejudo came into his own and became a whole nother force in the UFC. But anytime anybody wants to watch true martial arts, they need to watch Mighty Mouse. So the second part of this podcast, I just wanted to kind of discuss and react to the news of Tony Ferguson or the UFC trying to discuss and book a potential bout between Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. This is a fight that I am totally on board with seeing, and I'm not going to complain about it. I want to see Tony Ferguson fight. I want to see Justin Gaethje fight. But I'm very disappointed, of course, that for the fifth time, it's highly possible, almost completely made up uh, or almost completely confirmed Tony and Khabib is not going to happen. So Khabib flew back to Russia, um, I, I presume to be with his family. Um, the UFC told him, according to him, the UFC told him that the fight was 99% not going to happen in the United States. It just it just was too hard for the UFC to try, so he went back to Russia because they, the, the UFC, according to Khabib, the UFC told him the fight was going to be in Saudi Arabia, and he went back to Russia, and of course Russia is not allowing people to fly in or out of Russia now. And same with the United States. So Tony's stuck in the U.S. And Khabib is stuck in Russia. So the odds of this fight happening are probably slim to none. There's a sliver of a chance of it happening. But the bright side, though, is that Donald Trump is meeting with Vladimir Putin to discuss the virus. And since him and Dana White are tight, maybe Dana can let him know. Maybe he can try to finesse um, a deal and try to get it to where Tony can fly to Russia. Or Khabib can fly back to the States or... Whatever the case may be, I, I, we there's not really anything new to say. I this fight is cursed. Um, I wish Khabib didn't go back to Russia, but he has his reasons, and he is by no means obligated to stay in the states when the fight wasn't going to happen in the states. So he went back to Russia. It's done. Um, I just hope that I just I really wish that we could have seen this fight a couple years ago, actually, because. Tony Ferguson, of course, is a is an animal. He still has cardio like he did 10 years ago, but he's going to get older, and Father Time is undefeated, and I just hope to see this fight sooner rather than later because Khabib's only... Um, I mean, Tony's only getting older, and I don't want Khabib to fight an old man. So we'll see how that works out, but fingers crossed. Uh, and also, if that fight ends up falling through, Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje is still a, a good fight. Um... Justin Gaethje, of course, 
one of the hardest hitters in the lightweight division, and Tony Ferguson is just a chaotic force who can do anything to you. He can cut you open, you can lose by technical knockout, you can get knocked out and get submitted. He can go the distance, he's got cardio better than anyone, so it'll be a good fight. Not going to make any predictions until that fight is officially announced, or Khabib and Tony's officially canceled. Hopefully we see Khabib and Tony, but that's going to wrap up this episode of Zendependently Minded. Stay tuned, because it's only going to get better from here, and thank you for listening.